What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. This is episode... Oh, man, I didn't write it down. Episode 29? What? Doot, doot, doot. Volume 81 of Season 3 here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Uh, if you want to join us live, uh, anyone who's on Twitter space, or if you're going to get this on the podcast version, or maybe you're just busy doing all your Christmas shopping, Thank you for joining us. This is Fighting Irish Faithful, a podcast powered by Scotch and Spreadsheets. And uh, Notre Dame, 8-4, and four, and uh, on par with what I kind of thought Marcus Freeman would do. Uh, so we're rallying here as we go into the bowl game. So many things to talk about. Anything from uh, reminding you to go to Mass on Thursday... Uh, to our bowl game opponent coming up, to Drew Pine news, to playoff expansion, to Buckner's going to potentially be playing again, uh, to USC sucks, and if you want tickets to the Gator Bowl, I might be able to hook you up. So if you got some cash and you want to go to Jacksonville, hey, reach out to me. So I am joined by my co-worker... Well, I guess we're kind of co-workers when we do the podcast, right? Well, you know? in this, yeah, but it, I wouldn't consider it work. No, this is this is way more fun. Yeah, This is definitely fun. The Etsy store, though we did get a little bump a couple weeks ago uh, with MJV84, uh, exactly. who gave us a nice shout-out on... And Max. And Max, that's Max. right. Max was, had a huge smile on his face. It's like, man, dude. And then I, I kind of like felt bad because it's like, I'm... Like, I, I think I get asked a question when I post the podcast on YouTube. Is this made for children? And the answer is always no. <laughs> like, CPS, like, like who lets their children listen to this? It's not a reflection of MJV84, but it's like, well, you're the parent. It's kind of up to you to decide that, not me. Um, so I'm playing it safe. It's, but it's, it's the very uncensored version of what Notre Dame football really is. That's right. So, We're, so we that, are the Notre Dame that, football that actually huge, serves Guinness in the stadium, right? <laughs> that is a huge uh, parenting win. Even though we getting drink scotch. In, knowing what Notre Dame football really is, yeah, you know. That's right. This is this is real Notre Dame football, not that not what you listen to on ESPN or uh, NBC. Well, Red Snapper 1998, my my brother here and co-host. Uh so uh we are finally drinking johnny walker tonight uh for the first time this season so i don't know if i i I, that's my bad and i messed that up or um maybe this is a problem i don't know i I have not done it i am solely putting marshall on your yeah at your doorstep because of that what are you talking about what marshall's totally your fault well then then it's the show leading up to the marshall show all right so we're we're gonna have to go back and and do some editing and maybe not editing but figure out what did we drink before Marshall and then we'll go from and you there are never having that pregame again <laughs> yeah I know well I, hopefully it wasn't something good right so anyway well let's get to some people here uh why don't we why don't we go jump over to over to Jay since he was first on we'll invite him to speak if he wants to um but if not that's cool too he's a supporter of the of the Etsy store maybe maybe Jay could just give us a quick plug here I don't know what you mean by giving you a quick plug, but uh, hey, uh, enjoy the podcast. Have all season. Thank you. Uh, uh, I was just saying for your purchase from the store. Oh, the, the yeah, the the pint glass. That's I, right. I use it 
I use it every game day, mm-hmm. uh, and even on non game days, I, I, I tend to fill it up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Did, now, did you have said pint glass before the Marshall game? I don't. I don't remember. I don't think I you did. To... I'd have to go back. I could actually figure this out, but <laughs> let's say you didn't have it, and then you yeah. bought it after the Marshall game, and that resolved some. So some... Jay's pint glass is where the season turned around. I, I like think this. the more people buy stuff from the store, the better Notre Dame football will be. Like this, this made just happen. So, well, anyway, all right. Enough of plugging the Etsy store. If you want Fighting Irish faithful gear before Christmas, order it now. Uh, lead time from uh, is about a week. I'll just put it that way. This is not Amazon Prime. We chose not to use Amazon for the store uh, for personal reasons uh, and, quite frankly, profit <laughs> and profit margin. So there was actually a financial incentive here. Jay, uh, anything uh, on the hot? We've got a myriad of topics we can talk about. Uh, what uh, what suits your fancy? So the thing that confuses me the most right now is. I mean, and I get why Pine uh, entered the, the portal, but uh, I really wanted to see him in the bowl game. Me too. Uh, just because he's he's led this offense all season, basically. Uh, nothing against uh, Buckner. Uh, I think Buckner's a, a talent. I think if Buckner had stayed healthy behind the progression of the O-line, uh, he would have flourished as well. But because Pine was there, got the reps, I really wanted to see him in the bowl game, so I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not as confident going into this bowl game with with Buckner or whoever uh, actually starts the bowl game as I would have been with Pine. Yeah, I think that's that's a very valid point, and and I I I actually echo a lot of those feelings because, I mean, yes, we we didn't win against USC, and and we kind of dissected that in the post game show. But Pine had one of his best games minus his two turnovers um, on on the stat sheet. If we just look at, you know, yards thrown and touchdown passes and completion percentage and things of that nature, he had a very good, uh, good game, you know, and then, you know, go back to, well, it's Navy, right? So, um, you know, Navy is Navy. But I mean, Clemson was decent, you know, it wasn't bad, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm with you, you know, and, and, the, and the best thing is, he brings that that X word experience, okay, and you know that's great. You know when you go from you know eighty one percent completion percentage in the Navy game, you know, and an eighty eight percentage completion percentage against USC, better than Mister Williams, um, you know that that says a lot. You know, um, even in BYU, seventy eight percent completion percentage. So, you know, I, I think people's hesitancy because like. We all know Buckner is talented. We has he has skills, but we haven't seen it, and he he hasn't been healthy, and he sometimes looks frantic running around back there. Grant, there's a element with the O line here, but I'm with you. Like I'm kind of disappointed because it's like you know I, I've never not liked Drew Pine. I've never said like bench his ass. He's terrible. Like I thought that with Dane Christ back in you know 2010 and 2011. It's like this guy should not be playing. Period. Okay. My my problems with Pine are more like he's short or he's slow or, you know, he he doesn't make good reads or or have good vision of who's open uh, on a particular, you know, down a distance situation, whatever. But what is nice is is he's got a winning record um, and he's 
in some cases shown improvement. So, so that's good. But yeah, that's, uh, well, that's especially kind of the after thing. the, especially after the do your job game. <laughs> it's do your fucking job. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, we need to create that that meme of like, who was it? You were saying I think Red Snapper like Reese yeah. yelling into a mirror, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like 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 you know that scene in Rocky where he's standing in front of the mirror with the picture of Ivan Drago and he, ooh, or, or, you know, and he's got where? Hey, where is Mike Sloan, Mister Photoshop? Oh, I know he is the. We should like throw him, uh, you know, some some incentives to Photoshop some stuff, exactly. you know. And put Reese's pick like face on, you know. We, yeah, we can we can do something creative. Instead here. of the picture of Ivan Drago, it just says "Do your job." Do your job, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or Tom or or how about like an image of Tommy Reese like walking down the stairs out of the locker room? And instead of saying "Play like a championship today," "Play like a champion today," it says "Do your fucking job today." <laughs> I, I like it. I like that one too. I think we should do that. I like so. it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. If I was uh, more of an authority at work, I would just like, you know, make signs that say "Engineer like a champion today" and just like hang it up on the wall, and then be like, <laughs> "How'd that get there?" You know. <laughs> All the Purdue people would be pointing at you, like we already know. Who yeah, that is. there's like two people that came from Notre Dame here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I work with a lot of Purdue fans. Uh, the sidebar, funny story, and and maybe people didn't see this on Twitter. Um, this is yesterday at work. Um, and I tweeted this out. I'm sitting there and we had some senior person in and they were talking to some other people. They're talking football and stuff. And I work with a lot of Purdue people. And there's concern about their coach going to Louisville because he, he was at Louisville, he was a player there, this, that, and the other. And so it's like, is Brom going to leave Purdue and go to Louisville? And it's like, well, I don't know. Like He's kind of doing well at Purdue. And that seems like a step down, in my opinion, going from the Big Ten down to you know the ACC with Louisville. So that's my opinion. Um, but that being said, um, these guys are talking about like, oh, this is what Purdue has to do to get better next year. And like, we got to bring this coach in and we got to recruit better like this. And I'm just sitting there like, Listening to Purdue strategize about like how they're going to get better as a program, I just found so hilarious. And yes, this is Notre Dame arrogance coming out, but I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. I just kind of sat there and snickered to myself and then tweeted stuff out. But <laughs> nice. That's that. Well, Jay, Jay makes a very interesting point there about Drew Pine and, and uh, being uh being reticent about him. I mean, you know, I, I think what, what, and this is just me just cause I have a degree from the place and I love Notre Dame. Um, I'm kind of just surprised that he's leaving so early. I mean, maybe that's just the nature of NIL, but Jay question back to you. Like, are you disappointed that he didn't stay to get his degree or are you thinking like, you know, he just sees the writing on the wall and he wants to have more of a college career playing football. So I think it's a little bit of both. And I've always stood by, I'm okay if you transfer once you've gotten your degree. You know, that's that, it makes sense if you don't think you're going to start and you, you're going to start somewhere else. But get your degree because, yeah. I mean, the value in that is exponential over somebody who probably won't make it to the next level. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting point, too, because, like, like a case like, 
Malik Zaire, potentially, or even Everett Golson, people who have transferred out of Notre Dame, they didn't grant, you know, these, these transfer portal situations didn't exist then. But like you said, they had their degree, but I mean, Golson was talented. And if he had cleaned up the turnover and, and head case garbage, um, and had been successful at the next program, you know, kind of like, uh, um, I don't know, pick your favorite, you know, transfer quarterback, you know, um, uh, who, who is it? Shit. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson, right? He transfers his, does a grad transfer thing. And then has, has a very successful career with the Seahawks when he eventually goes over there. Um, like pine, I don't think has that. He doesn't have the tools in the toolbox, right. To, you know, I think go to the next level. And so to me, it's kind of like, well, it, maybe it's just playing time, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you're at Notre Dame. Like, you know, he has way more experience and I would actually argue that Pine staying with Notre Dame potentially creates an, an interesting scenario because he's played all these games. Okay. Um, you know, he, he finished up the Marshall game after the Buckner injury, right? So he's played a solid 10 games this season, um, and, and done some fill in, you know, work last season. Um, he's got way more games and, and, plays and experience under his belt in the Tommy Reese offensive system now under Marcus Freeman than Buckner has. And that says a lot when you go into spring and summer ball, my opinion, like, and, and I, to, to me, that gives a lot of weight when you have someone that has experience. I'm completely confused. Honestly, why pine would get into the transfer portal. I, it just, to me, it, I don't see him as somebody who would be earmarked, even if he had. And and like you were saying, his stats were good near the end of the season. But even if he had a season next year somewhere else that you know blew his stats this year out of the water, is do we really see him going in the NFL draft? I, and I don't think we do. And no. so having that experience and having that tenure with Tommy Reese with Marcus Freeman having the experience as a starter last year and this year like it doesn't make any sense why he would especially not having his degree like I I don't see any benefits for him other than potential playing time but I don't see really anyone challenging the starting job it's his to lose I mean he's gonna have to go down a level yeah, as far as a program is concerned, like like if he went to like a Ball State or North Texas or you know you know a school like that, you know I I think that he'd get lots of playing time and and you know do well from a college standpoint. But yeah, like it, uh, and, and Grant, this is kind of a new situation. You know, this is kind of a you know new environment of of NIL and transfer portal, right? Where you know, I don't think we saw this many transfers last year, even if it was allowed. Um, you know, this year it just seems like a fire sale where all these people are declaring. Coupled with that, you know, you have people that just don't even play in the bowl game, which which I think is bullshit. Um, even though, yes, the bowl game doesn't mean anything, but it's like, well, look, I don't know. You got an experience, you know, under your belt, and now you're going to go somewhere else and do what? 
other than playing time, that's the only thing I can think of. Or maybe he goes to a place with an offensive line that's shorter. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Now, I've I've watched plenty of NFL quarterbacks in the last few weeks uh, get their passes batted down, too. So, I mean, I don't I don't think you can blame his height on all of those bat downs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the the guys in the NFL are monsters and they're just technically sound and technically sound. Excuse me. Um, and yeah, they just just the, the level. I like watching the NFL. I don't do it regularly just because, you know, I don't make enough time for it. But I like watching it because it's I feel like I'm watching like precision of football at times, either on defense or offense. Um, It's rarely you get both at the same time. Um, But just seeing like the level of talent of players um, is is really fun to watch for me from a football stance. Now, that being said, um, the energy and the excitement that I get from watching college is nowhere close to the NFL. So uh, that's just me. Well, Jay, what do you? Uh, we'll, we'll ask you real quick. I think we'll ask everybody about the bowl game. We're not going to dive too much into South Carolina at all tonight, um, but uh, yeah, what do you think of this bowl game coming up? I'm excited for it. Uh, so my wife is a, a Tennessee grad, oh. so um, so I, it's I'm, death to the Gamecocks. Nice, right? <laughs> and <laughs> I was actually lived in at South the... Carolina. I know that SEC hatred. Yeah. <laughs> And I was at the the Tennessee game that uh, Peyton Manning got his number retired at, that South Carolina beat Tennessee. Ooh. So, yeah, uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be a, a beat down for sure. Uh, and, yeah, I'm pretty invested in this one. So Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be it'll be a good game. You know, I, I think one of the first uh, predictions that I, you know, saw i think this is even before the usc game of where notre dame was going to end up they were predicting notre dame versus south carolina uh the gamecocks there uh in the gator bowl so hopefully people know what this is but anyway <laughs> but uh that it's, it's kind of funny to see that go come full circle well, Jay, I really appreciate your contributions tonight. We'll get to a few other people here who are patiently waiting. Uh, any last thoughts? Um, no, not really. Just go Irish. That's right. Go Irish. Thank you for joining us. Jay at Jace Spins on the Twitter. Thank you for joining us on the Fighting Irish Faithful show. Uh, all right, Red Snapper, I'm going to let you pick. Adam, I see you, but uh, ND Prime or Regisan? Uh, Red Snapper, who was first, Regisan or ND Prime? I wonder if it's pronounced Regisan. Regi- I want to say, like, he's a fan of Regis Philbin, who is a known Notre Dame this person. This is true. All right, so we've, we've jumped over. Regisan. Regisan? Regisan. 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 I don't know. It's actually just pronounced Reggie-san. Um, Reggie-san. This sounds very Mr. Miyagi. Reggie-san. I like it. Reggie-san. Or is that inappropriate? Is that culturally inappropriate? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not trying to be inappropriate or funny. I'm just like... like, If you've ever played the Pokemon games, there's a Pokemon called Reggie-Rock. 
Um, and that's kind of what I based my name off of. Okay. All right. Reggie's son. I like it. Reggie's son. What do you think of the Gamecocks here? Um, to be honest, I haven't given it much thought because, um, surefire victory. Okay. I don't know. I'm just more interested in the transfer portal. Uh, for now, if, and to be honest, if you couldn't tell by my profile picture, there's a certain tiger quarterback I yep. want playing for the boys in blue and gold. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're referring to DJ Uyangalale of clemson indeed and yeah no and i i don't have it open right now but i want to say he's in the same recruiting class as bryce young both him and bryce young uh played at rival high schools in southern california dj uh and this is something that uh that red snapper and i and that are, are a little more familiar with here with our uh with our background and our roots here um but yeah, DJ went to St. John Bosco and was the number two rated quarterback in uh, his class with Bryce Young, um, and both you know went to you know very respected uh, universities. Um, DJ, of course, came in and we first saw he first saw action, I think, during BC when in the year of COVID, when uh, Lawrence was out. Uh, on on COVID protocols, and then of course the 2020 game where Notre Dame knocked off the number one team in the country, which was fan flipping tastic. Um, now what's interesting uh, going forward here is he um, is kind of in a quarterback battle, and now he's saying, "Okay, I'm going to transfer." So if it's me reading the signs of who's the most like talented quarterback that's out there that could is in the in the mix um hey maybe maybe he's it and maybe he lands for the irish i don't know i don't know i said i hope so but i know a lot of people want like hudson card or devin leary and i mean i'll support whoever notre dame gets oh sure they get a transfer but i just think off of like you said, off of pure talent alone, I'd want DJ. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But I mean, cause I don't know. I kind of feel bad for him, cause it just didn't work out for him at Clemson. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the nature of football in general. You know, you got guys that come in that are highly rated in a particular position. You know, and especially something as as optically you know, focused that the quarterback position is. And then these guys come in, but you know, like, look, you may not be the best or you, you may, maybe were great in high school, but then, you know, adapting to the college game and the speed and the environment and whatever, and the more complexity of whatever playbook you're in, you know, maybe just doesn't work out. I don't know. Um, and that's also not to say that, you know, the next guy coming in, uh, doesn't do better or you know maybe your o-line was trash or you know pick pick your favorite reason um oh i i think clemson's clemson's cupboard was more bare than alabama's this year so you had a lot more people leave last year that affected his overall environment performance and situation at clemson as opposed to bryce young's yeah yeah 
Yeah, and you know, if if he decides to to transfer to Notre Dame, you know, I mean, you know, now you're looking at DJ Buckner and Jelly, um, you know, and then you've got uh, Minchie coming in uh, as a freshman. So <clears throat> the person hey, I, I feel really bad for is Angeli because it's like you know he's just kind of doing his thing, and he looked great in the spring game for what we saw, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, now he's like, oh, now I got a potential shot. And then it's like, well, if Notre Dame's going to get a transfer, which I have no problem with from a program standpoint, I think it's what we have to do. But it's like, well, you know, like, like look at it this way. Um, you know, Alabama, you know, just for year, year in, year out, they just cycle in the next guy. And he ends up being fantastic. You know, like, like you have to go back quite a few years to find an Alabama quarterback that you're like, wait, who, what, <laughs> you know, like, who is that? You know, and I think it's Jake Coker from 2015, but like Mac Jones, like was on the bench. You never heard of him, you know, because, you know, he was behind uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. And, and then all of a sudden Mac Jones shows up the next year and, and it's just like, wow, look at this guy, you know? Yeah. It, and I think that's going to be, where the program really gets its depth and really gets its almost professionalism is next man up mentality. And you've got to have just that first round, second round, you know, third, third depth, you know, all with the same talent level, all having gone through practice, practice reps and knowing, okay, next man up. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing that helps is, 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 you know, Alabama keeps winning, right? You know, nothing helps recruiting better than, than just than winning. winning. And, and I think something that Saban has done successfully is convince these very fine athletes that go to Alabama, like, wait your turn, buy your time, you have to put in your dues, and you guys will, you know, be in a fist fight and practice, you know, metaphorically for the starting job. But it's like, look, this is making you guys better. And so then when you... you play you know vanderbilt or lsu or well maybe not this year but um you play these other teams you know you you pound them right and then and then you go potentially to the next level so i don't know the 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 transfer portal thing you know i'm not against it or anything i just think it i'm not surprised with it because of today's kind of culture of instant gratification and you know no one has delayed patience or anything of that nature and it's like well i'm not getting what i like here i'm going to just transfer and i think the old rules of you had to sit out for a year like take a Loey gilman right who was at the naval academy developed by ken niamatololo but then had to sit out a year but then he comes in and produces immediately for notre dame right so yep and and, and that kind of situation is gone now so well, Reggie Sun, uh, other than uh, Drew Pine and transfer portal stuff, uh, anything else you want to discuss here? Or just that's going to be the topic? Not really. Of the not really. I don't want to keep you all long. I just want, I mean, my main thing is, I mean, as much as an unpopular opinion as it is within the Irish community, I think dj could be the guy here i mean even if not then at least he could provide competition for buckner to see how good buckner really is yes but that's that's really all i got 
Also, um, quick shout out to ND Prime. Thank you for all that you do on Twitter. You know, I can always see the news about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, he's got some good connections there. Yeah, we're going to bring ND Prime on here. Well, here, why don't we bring him on now, and then you can uh, thank him personally. This is as much as a uh, matchmaking as we're ever going to get on this podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you guys, you know, want tickets to the, to the Gator Bowl here, and, you know, I can hook you both up, and, you know, <laughs> never, never mind, awkward? Okay. ND Prime, you there? He's going to just leave. He's just like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. Uh, thank you for the the words of encouragement. I really appreciate that, and you know, glad that um, you know my account is you know um, doing good things for people. So just it's trying to get data the news oriented. There. You could say that. You could say that. I, I like um, that account. I appreciate it. I really um, liked your uh, big game boomer hater tweet. I hate I hate him so much. It's you know, I would never want to be him. I'm sorry, you know. You don't have to apologize. To you can speak your mind. I'll, you know, pour, I'll pour you a scotch. Like, you can really speak your mind then, right? <laughs> I'm the guy who is like, if someone's hating on someone, like, don't give them the engagement then. But yet, I'm always telling or commenting or re- retweeting his stuff, saying how bad it is. So you know, kind of. You know, going against that, but I mean, it's just putting yourself in, putting yourself on your own list of best media personalities is like really. Yeah, this this dude, yeah, big game boomer. I refuse to follow that dude, and and like I don't have a problem with anyone who wants to follow him, you know, because like I, I got I, I'm kind of jealous of his graphics that he always throws out, you know, because it's like, wow, you know, it's got all the like colored bars and stuff, you know, and so it's, it's very eye catchy, um, you know, between that lists and graphs, you know, Hey, I'm an engineer. That's, that's kind of my thing. But at the same time, it's like, where the fuck are you getting this? Like, like this is like the most unfactually based opinion I have ever seen other than just, I hate Notre Dame. <laughs> exactly i mean i'm all those like best game day atmosphere stuff or best best team by state stuff and oh like the team by state is just trash he'd always put purdue over notre dame and it just annoyed me so much you can't tell me purdue would beat us i'm sorry i sometimes think it's just like he's got a random number generator or he's like playing craps and he's rolling dice and he's just like Okay, on one side, I've got IU, Purdue, Ball State, Butler, Valpo, and Notre Dame, right? And he's just like, I'm going to roll the dice here. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you on crack? Like, what's wrong with you? So, all right, we don't have to give him as much uh, as much attention that he doesn't deserve. Uh, we brought Andy Prime on, yeah, and, and you requested to speak. <laughs> no, it's okay. We can, you know, we, we do Brian Kelly hate. You know, we we still haven't talked about how much USC sucks and how. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm more concerned about the real USC and that is the University of South Carolina. So, I mean, you know. Cuckoo cha. So, um, I like that. Though. I like I like the sound effects. So, um, I guess hopefully before, you all get the reference of what that's from. So. <laughs> I guess before we do start, though, I guess I'll plug um, 
the Irish Tribune, which is a media company that I kind of wanted to extend out from Prime, and it's you know made out made up of nerding fans, so it's not you know corporate minded, and you know they put out some really good content with that. So I just say check them out. But anyways, you can plug um, a corporation. I work for a big company, so you know whatever. I, I work for a big <laughs> company too, but. I mean, we don't hate corporations here, you know, but we like the little guy too. Yeah. yeah. So have we really talked about transfer QBs at all? We talked a little bit about Drupine transferring out. Yeah. Regisan was given a lot of love to DJ Uyunglele. Um, I'm kind of like, just wait and see because, I mean, you've got the Notre Dame requirements of academics, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Marcus Freeman and uh, Coach Reese are going to try to do whatever's best for the program. Um, you know, whether they bring someone in, uh, and I don't even know how these rules work. Like, do you have to wait till after the Bulls? Or, uh, in my opinion, it would be, I think, good for the team or morale or whatever to do it after the Bowl game to bring someone in. But I don't know, again, if it's like, hey, DJ, we'll sign you, but we'll do it quietly. Well, I don't know how that works, um, but from a from a morale chemistry, you know, keep the minds, you know, focused on on the Gamecocks here. Um, I would I would only talk about, you know, the game. I would not talk at all about transferring people in. Phil, um, it was announced that Phil um, Dracovic was transferring to Pitt. So, I mean, there's no restrictions. <laughs> Obviously, you can't like you know, join a program and then play in that bowl game. You have to like wait until the next season, obviously. So sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah. It's not like trades in the NFL, right? Yeah. So my thing with, my thing with pine is pine. The only reason pine could have possibly transferred before the bowl, um, because like, people were reporting like the main reason why I transferred is, is because they said like they're going after a transfer QB. So wouldn't you want to play in the bowl game where there's not going to be a transfer QB and then like kind of use that to boost your, you know, your resume. Cause I think, you know, having a really good performance in a, in a bowl game, especially winning. That would, like raises your would, stock for your transfer exactly. stock, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think he, he left earlier or left before the bowl and is not playing in there is because they gave the, they gave, they gave the job to Buckner. So I've seen mixed things. I I've seen. So Buckner is good to go. Cause he is like full yes. pads practicing. It's, you know, he may be questionable. I say that with quotes, but I've seen things saying he's like, he's the guy he's, you know, going to be starting. And then I've seen another side saying it's, you know, between him and jelly and, um, you know, Ron. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be Buckner. Um, and because it wouldn't make sense for Pine to transfer well before the bowl. And mind you, I'm pretty sure they're like not practicing right now because Freeman's doing a heck of a lot of recruiting. He's him and sure. the rest of the staff. Absolutely. So I think this is, I think this is downtime. So it's not like they've been practicing and then they're like, Oh, Buckner's a guy. So I think it's always been Buckner's spot. It was just because he was injured that Pine was the guy to fill in, which I don't agree with. I even if Pine was fully healthy for the bowl, I would have put Pine in because he's been leading the team most of the time. I, I agree with that. 
Buckner won the original starting job, but I mean, you've played, you started ten games. Like unless you, unless Pine comes out and is complete trash against you know South Carolina, um, then we need to bench his ass and we need to put Buckner in. But I'm with you. Yeah, I. That's an interesting point. Why why would you leave now? Like you've got one more game to play. You know, and, and or unless, like you just said, you know, you know, Buckner, since you know, recovering from his shoulder fuck up, he's now you know getting the uh, getting this the 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 reps with the ones. Yeah, and and, and if I, that's the case, if that's the case, and I'll throw it back to you, then we should feel really good about Notre Dame fans because that means like, dude, like. Like, everyone was like, oh, Buckner, like, ah, you know, and there's, like, wailing and gnashing of teeth. But I keep going back to, like, look, the offensive line was garbage those first couple games. And we were asking Buckner to, like, put the team on his back. And and then he, you know, throws shitty interceptions because he's frantic and because he knows he can't, you know, do everything and just blah, blah, ah, you know. And so if that's the case, then it's like, wow, you know, like, we should feel really good about that. Yeah, and, you know, um, we've, so far this season, and I really wouldn't say Buckner last season was ever, was playing, and we were like, man, he's going to be great. We all knew his, like, potential we want, and we were expecting him to start. But I think just because of his limited playing time last season, um, we didn't really get to see that. And based on Ohio State and Marshall, Ohio State, we saw a conservative Tyler Buckner, no interceptions, but he's also not taking deep shots. He was playing very conservatively. So that's like, you know, in the middle with that. And then Marshall was, you know, Marshall. So I think his stock has gone down since that, especially with, you know, all the, especially with injuries, and that's a big red flag. So, but I think I knew that at least one QB was going to transfer this offseason because there's no way, like, if, Buckner were to get benched next, or if Buckner wouldn't be the QB next season, I think he would tr- would transfer, and then you know what happened with Pine now. So, and I think with Buckner, because I do think we're going to get a transfer QB. I have some, I have a source that I'm not going to like confirm it or anything, but they accurately predicted a big um, Minchie coming to or committing to Notre Dame well before it was announced. And so, and they predicted a, a specific transfer QB that I'm very excited about. So, okay. and um, so you're, you're so holding, we, you're holding those cards close to you right now. Yeah. Because I don't want to say something in an event. Cause this isn't like, you know, verify is not like, you know, but this is, it's what they told me. Okay. So, so this is I'm your source for it. I feel like this yeah, is like, like uh, what is this like the Watergate scandal or <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, the source but is I, I don't want to, I don't want to play inside reporters. So I'm just going to, you know, not mention it, but like huh. I'm confident enough that I, this have, is a carrot. Like, like have, Hey, follow me on Twitter. Right. Yeah. I have the graphics ready. We have articles at Tribune ready to be posted. You know that, that I'm confident in it, but regardless though. Um, so let's say we get either, Let's say we get – I'm just going to throw um, – let's say we get someone with like two, three years LBOG left, and let's say we get a graduate transfer, two different QB options. If we get the grad transfer, 
who's going to be there for one year. I think Buckner might stick it out, and then, you know, he'll play in 2024. Sure, sure. And then he'll be competing with Menchie and Carr, which will be really difficult. Or if we get the, if if we get a transfer QB that's two to three years, I think Buckner transfers because that player is going to be there for two years. And it's the same same thing with Jack Cohen when he got here. Kelly promised him that spot, and sure. unless he was absolutely horrible or anything, he said, "Hey, transfer to Notre Dame. You're going to be our starting. You're going to be our guy." You yeah. know, and that that's why Cohen wasn't going to transfer just to lose the spot. Really, it was his spot to lose. And I think Freeman's. Freeman and Reese are going to go the same way about that with, you know, a transfer QB right now. Is they're going to say, hey, it's your spot to lose right now. So I think if we bring in a transfer QB, they will be starting. I'd be willing to bet on that. And if it's a guy who's going to be here multiple years, Buckner transfers. If it's a, if it's a one year, then I think Buckner might stay and compete. But then you have to kind of balance your options or weigh your options because would Buckner only get that 2024 time to, to really start and prove himself or yeah. is it going to be too late? Like, you know, I, I think of, I think of the, um, the quarterback room as, you know, we, we want to have the best of the best of talent yeah. and, and good guys. And like, like if I may draw a parallel to our running back situation where you've got estimate Diggs, Tyree, and then you got Price there, who's gonna hopefully be coming back from his injury in the spring and and be ready to go next fall. Um, shit, those four guys, you know, those are quote good problems. When we're like arguing, like why is Estime not in or Tyree should be doing more slot receiver stuff, you know, just because we got to get him the ball, you know, like these are good problems quote unquote to have is like, Oh, we have all these running backs. They're all so good. We have to use them. You know, like you can't do that with the quarterback, but simultaneously it's like, well, good teams tend to have good backups that could have started at, you know, some ACC school or, you know, a lower level, you know, you know, big 10 school their freshman year. Right. You know, but then, you know, they're, they're sitting on the bench and they're at a, you know, you know, some power top 10 SEC school or whatever. And it's like, yeah, there it is, you know, and, and, you know, Alabama is a good example of that. Right. Um, so, so that, that is a quote unquote problem we want to have as Notre Dame fans. It's like, Oh, look at all these great quarterbacks we have in the quarterback room. And it's like, you know, someone's going to transfer because, you know, they're getting impatient or, or whatever it is. And it's like, Honestly, if those are our problems as Notre Dame fans, sign me up, man. Sign me up. I'm going to make camp on this tent, on the, with this tent on this mountain. Yeah. Can I actually – did you see Did you see the thing about uh, Jaden Lemar? Negative. Ryan back. What? You haven't? Negative. Um, I believe – Is he awesome? Tweet. He is awesome, but there is some concern around it. Um. Justin Hopkins is a inside reporter of on three specifically for university of Oregon. And he put in a prediction, a pretty high one. Like I think it's like 70% for Jaden Lemar to flip to Oregon. Hmm. So, um, I posted that and then I've had a lot of people DM me and stuff on Twitter and Instagram about it. 
And there is a overwhelming majority of people who, like, I don't want to say don't care, but, like, almost have that we don't need him mentality or, or like, it doesn't affect us, which that's true. I think running back is our strongest position of any position. It's, it's you know, full of death and great, great talent. And and, so, and and he is a recruit in this next recruiting class. He's committed verbally, uh, running back five eleven out of uh, from Lake Stevens, Washington. And Freeman and uh, Dylan met him yesterday, or met with him yesterday. So you know, it's it's you know, take it with a grain of salt. You know, on three is on three. People feel differently about that, but I mean, it's still worthy of being reported but let's say it is legitimate and there is a shot um i still want i never want someone to leave the class unless they like you know did something where they shouldn't be or don't align the university's values or they're not really that good or anything because i mean competition is the greatest thing that makes a makes good players great sure steel steel sharpens steel Exactly, yeah. and you can make the argument like, yeah, but we, but there's plenty of other competition. Or do, are you really going to let you know a player, you know, come here just to compete, knowing they're going to transfer or something? Like, we don't know if Jane Lemar is going to be the best running back in on the entire team. It could be Jeremiah Love. It could be Estimate. It could be Price. It could be any of these people. But you don't know Dylan until they practice, and he yeah exactly, and you don't know until they practice, and you don't know until you see it on the field. So well, and not everyone like, makes it at Notre Dame, you know. Exactly. So I know it's I already not an know, easy place to go to school. I already know with how many running backs there are currently on the team and in the twenty three class. It's found that I would say if no one flips or decommits or anything, I would say two people, two running backs transfer. So, and I, I honestly thought Diggs might have, but I mean Diggs is really emerging as a leader of the team. Well, and he's, he's gotten the starting job, I think, or starting nod, excuse me. In almost every single game this season, right? I mean, the carries have kind of differentiated. I mean, I can pull it. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, estimate leads us in, in yards. Oh, yeah. So, and touchdowns. I'm just gonna, yeah, so I'm just going to pull up um, stats real quick oh, just to see. This. He's providing his own stats to the show. Anyone who's <laughs> new, uh, OC and Robert, thank, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Um, this is uh, – we're sp- – we're we're not sponsored, you know. We haven't sold out. Although if Johnny Walker wants to uh, sponsor the podcast, that'd be tight. Uh, but we are powered by Scotch first, then spreadsheets. So, and here we got Indy Prime bringing in his own stats here. Normal. I'm a little stat light, although I do have have kind of a fun. It's, it's kind of a stat, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's got some good stuff here. I. I'm I'm guilty of letting stats get to me rather than the film or you know the tape. So like but you you can't lie Penny, with numbers. Okay. Yeah, so watching Minchie's um highlights thus far, I mean he's got an absolute cannon of an arm. So I mean I sh- I should I should be more favorable of film, but I mean the stats you can make the argument the stats don't lie, but nonetheless They don't lie. Um when Diggs, when have stats lied? Uh, 
unless the the I mean, information like, powering the publication is a lie. You could. But now now I'm like, you know, this is Big Brother 1984 shit. So let's yeah. not fall off the deep end, please. What? The... What are you talking about? We're not going crazy here. I I don't have my tin foil with me today. So, <laughs> um. Diggs did lead, lead the team in carries. He beat Esme by 10 carries. However, though, Esme has almost 100 yards more than him. There's a 7. Esme had 825. Diggs had 732. Um, and then Esme had 11 touchdowns. Diggs only had 3, which is tied with Tyree. So it was, I would definitely say it was split between, I would say, like, I don't know. I'm not good with the numbers all the time. 65% of the carries were between Esme and Diggs, and the rest was Tyree. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Probably yeah, the, not, the, but... so, so I've got, I don't know, I'm not breaking down the numbers here, but uh, um, I mean, I guess we could do for for the, the whole team here. What I will say is um, the, the number one most important rushing stat is rushing touchdowns. And in this particular arena, it's there's no contest because Estime has 11 on the season. The next closest guy, both Logan Diggs and Tyree combined, are barely over half. They have three apiece as far as rushing touchdowns is concerned. So Tyree, Tyree accounted for um, less than 25% of total snaps by like you know the running backs so and i you know he would throw um pain in there he only had two attempts so it's really just the tyree digs and estimate show but um you know do we think tyree is has hasn't lived up to expectations so far i, I mean, mean he was great i thought he was the guy when we saw him in 2020 as a freshman well, and, and the thing is, like, you know, he's competing in a, in a system, you know, where we really only have one running back on the field at the same time. And th- and to me, that that seems kind of stupid. You know, again, yes, if, if anyone's new to the show, hashtag RTDB, run the damn ball. That is my preference um, as a fan. But at the same time, I also understand that, like, look, what do we have that's the strength of this team especially on offense it's the fucking running back room okay so put at least two guys out there at all time that that's my opinion um because it's like look you've you've got to feature your best players you got to give them the yeah. rock and they can carry that ball and, across the line and the last time we had like a primary running back where it wasn't like really split carries was 2018 with, with uh, Dexter Williams. But obviously, um, you know, Josh Adams was incredible in 2017, 2015 through 2017. But, um, and then, yeah, 29, I hated it in 2019. I hated it so much that we split carries with, you know, Tony Jones and, um, you know, Smith. And it was majority Tony Jones, but I don't know. I just wasn't rushing in. wasn't strong that year. If you go to 2020, uh, Tyron Williams really took over. and But Tyreed still had 500 yards with that, and Sebo uh, had, had 300. And then last year, it was, you know, the Logan Diggs show right behind Williams. So, I mean, you know, I prefer um, – 
having one primary back because then they have good stats, hence typically leads to higher draft stock. But having like a you know three headed monster type of deal like we do right now is more efficient, I would say. But I I prefer having oh, one. Oh, you guy. said three headed monster. We got a drink. That's 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 a cue. We got a drink. Really? Well, you watch show. NBC. You watch an NBC game. Oh man! ESPN started doing it too. I know. I, I think I was even listening to Fox, and I think Brady Quinn even said it, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" So. <laughs> I'm telling you, everybody that that got coined. Dang you, Garrett! But yeah. Yeah. What is? Oh, you know what we should? You no, know we need to ask Mike Sloan to do. Um, go back to the old Godzilla movies. Uh, who's the? What's the three-headed monster that shoots lightning that flies like Rodira or something? We need to put our running backs on the on the dragon, and there's yes. a three-headed monster, dude. I'm I'm so I might do this myself. You know, sorry, Mike Sloan. <laughs> I'll 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 screw work. I'm just gonna do this tomorrow at work. Ah, uh, yes. Three-headed monster. Sorry, ND Prime. <laughs> you got distracted. No, no, it, it's all good. I, I was just reading on something. Um, That's not the Jane show Lemar. I, I guess, I guess Brian. Driscoll. This is the weird off-season between a game. Like, like we're kind of dicking around right now on this podcast. I mean, let's face it. Right, we do not have. We're not playing the Gamecocks right away. You know. <laughs> going on you know next week or this saturday right you know well actually it's friday is the next bowl game but you guys get my point right you know we've got we got 24 days and still the game like what are we going to talk about you know it's all this other fun stuff so anyway sorry cut everyone off Ghidorah. Ghidorah. G-H-I, yeah g-h-i-d-o-r-a-h yes yes that's right. I wasn't that far off. <laughs> We're talking about Japanese monster movies here, and people are just like, okay, what the hell is this podcast? No, seriously, it's a three-headed monster. Drink, drink, I'll, um, everyone raise a glass. <laughs> Cheers. Um, I'll, I'll hand, the, I'll hand the, the stage off to someone else that you guys get going pretty soon, but I mean, I mean, yeah, with, you know, the portal and everything, and um, you know, I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, expect, you know, about 10, 10 Notre Dame guys enter the portal this season. Mm. Um, I thought we had a lot, a lot in the past, but I mean, um, I don't know. I'm just excited all around for, you know, the transfer QB and just how we're going to look next year. So I'm mean, yeah. pretty much doing a heck of a job. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, when these guys enter the transfer portal, I, I really hope I know what they know what they're doing. Um, I wish them well. I never want to be, you know, a douchebag or whatever, you know, and say like, ah, good riddance, you know, like, like, okay, maybe, maybe a few people, but for the most part, you know, like Drew Pine, I think has been a loyal foot soldier and, um, I I wish him the best in his career. I I think it's kind of odd the timing. Um, and it's like, well, like, like, does he really think he's going to get to the next level? I don't know. Um, you know, uh, 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 again, that's, I, I can't answer that question. Um, but, you know, if if Notre Dame is going to get a transfer quarterback, 
um, then it would make more sense. But if Notre Dame doesn't get a transfer quarterback, because there's been nothing official other than, you know, potentially ND Prime's uh, source here, or, um, you know, uh, uh, I've, I've, I've heard some things, I'll just put it that way. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, like, y- you never know. And uh, again, a good problem to have is a stacked and loaded loaded quarterback room okay no no player on the field at least from the offensive standpoint can be more impactful or detrimental to your offense than the quarterback and and that's a fact well Andy prime really appreciate you joining us at notre dame underscore prime on the twitter appreciate your contribution and welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show with your inside scoop and bringing some stats tonight. Uh, we kind of jumped I off with, it. yeah, no problem, Matt. You're welcome here anytime, and everyone is welcome anytime. Well, not everybody. You know, there, we've had a few assholes that have jumped yeah. on the show, so we we don't invite them or, you know, we just ignore them. But uh, haters, haters gonna hate. That's what I'll say. So yeah, they yeah, hate us because they ain't for- us, right? Yeah. And and we can kind of be a little more free and and casual on this show because we do this in our spare time and for fun, and we are. I am not credentialed media. I'm just a dude with a normal job, mortgage, car payment, a wife and a baby sleeping upstairs, right? And um, I love Notre Dame. I'm a graduate of Notre Dame uh, from their grad school. And it's like, hey, I can talk uh, creatively about uh, this football team I love. So uh, let's jump over real quick back to Regisan. Regisan. Excuse me. Regisan. Anything else? Oh, uh, good one now. Yeah, thank you, ND Prime. Reggie San, uh, I feel like we kind of cut you off here. We'll give you uh, any last thoughts here. Oh, no, I'm good. You all good? You just listening. Awesome. All right, Reggie San, thank you so much. Uh, mark it down. I see you there, but let's see if we can jump over to someone who's been hanging out. OC at OC5412888. If you want to join, that's cool. You don't have to jump off, though, if you don't want to. If you just want to listen, you just want to hang out, that's cool. But OC, O hyphens? No, that's not a hyphen. That's an apostrophe. I'm invited to speak. If you wish to join the Fighting Irish Faithful show and talk Notre Dame football with other Notre Dame fans, uh, this is a casual place. You know, we sound sometimes intimidating we're, we're the loud table at the bar right if you walked into a buffalo wild wings or a hooters or pick your favorite wing place all right and you saw this loud group of people you know drinking and, and having a hot wing eating contest you know that's that sounds kind of intimidating but honestly like we'd like invite you to join us in in the fun so oc if you wish to join us if not that's cool Jopped off. All right, mark it down. Family, Holzem 35. Mark it down. Jump on. Bring us back. So Brian Kelly, uh, Brian Kelly and LSU lost back-to-back games. <laughs> that was great. Invited to speak. Holzem 35. You there. I love that he got so close and then up back to reality. There's the Brian Kelly. Dude, they got smoked by Georgia. It wasn't even close. And the game against uh, Texas A&M wasn't like at the end of the day, like it wasn't really that close in my opinion. 
I don't know. Well, as we wait for Holesome 35 to jump on, uh, Red Snapper, um, there's uh, there's one thing I wanted to talk about here uh, with our people, and it's about the fact that Notre Dame owns the ACC. Truth or a lie, uh, should Notre Dame be the ACC champions of 2022? I would say truth because we beat both the teams that played in the ACC championship. Exactly. And we beat them and we beat them handily, soundly, a firm ass beating of the Tigers of Clemson and the Tar Heel Goat, whatever they are, of North Carolina down in Chapel Hill. They Um, just Tar Heels. That's all they is. What's that a reference to? Nothing. That's just me. Is that how people talk and... North pretty much yeah i mean you much. lived in south carolina so i don't know if there's some like weird feud between the two carolinas here but <laughs> you you're very quick to identify yourself as you're from carolina and then you define are you north or south carolina okay all right so i haven't heard yeah. your your carolina accent in a while because you don't live there no more but exactly <laughs> well, i can pull it back every once in a while but it was funny that i did pick it up when i was down there that's for sure well sure i mean that that's it's really funny like i used to have a supplier this is years ago that was in boston and there were there were a few um uh individuals that worked at this company that that i was visiting at good people um but they had very thick boston accents and one dude would like kind of lives like like in south boston i don't know if he was irish but like and so like you know he's talking about like we've been making these pots for decades, you know? And it's just like, Oh my gosh. Like, and I still use that line at work. And then, um, but then I come back and I'm like talking about like the Haba and like, <laughs> just like, like we're from Boston. And my wife's like, you've been there like three days. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back, back to this and, and Notre Dame beat Boston college. So hooray. So, Okay. Notre Dame owns the ACC. Not only do we beat both Clemson and North Carolina, but this is not anything new. And this year further cements the fact that if we were to join a conference and join the ACC, I think our chances are pretty good of owning said conference. Now, we'll jump to the conference thing in a few minutes. But what I do want to say is Red Snapper, do you know the last time Notre Dame lost, and, and can you name the last time Notre Dame lost a regular season game versus an ACC opponent? I'm not talking playoffs. I'm not talking the Clemson game in 2020. A regular season game that we lost to, to the an ACC? ACC opponent. Oh, yeah. I would want to say, I couldn't tell you who, but my guess would be Miami. Yeah. But keep going. You, you got it. That that's who it is. So, yeah. so you've answered the question. It is Miami. Do you know what year? God. All right. Think of it this way: the most painful Miami memory you can think of in recent years. Twenty seventeen. Yep. Notre Dame got their ass kicked. That was during the era of 33 trucking. Notre Dame got smoked in the face 41 to 8. Now we don't have to we're not saying this to bring up painful memories and 
make people reach for the, the Johnny Walker, even though I am right now. What I will say is this. That was the last time Notre Dame lost a regular season game. That was in 2017, Red Snapper. Since then, we have won every single game versus ACC opponents. Now, since Notre Dame, I guess, joined sort of the ACC, which was really the 2014 season, do you know how many losses we have had in the regular season versus ACC opponents, including that Miami game? Maybe including playoffs and bowl games. No, 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 just regular season, just regular season. Maybe three. Not, not that few. That would be awesome. Now, if you take away 2016, yes, you would be correct. Notre Dame has <laughs> lost six games total out of 44 total games against ACC opponents since 2014. Notre Dame has a winning percentage versus the ACC in the regular season of 86%. This is the, the stat. This is the stat, stat piece of the week here. Notre Dame owns the ACC, an 86% win percentage. Okay, that's a win percentage better than Lou Holtz, right? You know, he had like a 75% win percentage, right? Um, it's not as good as uh, Newt Rockney, who I think is like 886 or something. But anyway, um, those losses are 2014 Florida State, uh, the game that we won't discuss more. Uh, another close loss at Clemson in 2015. Um, we've already mentioned the Miami game for 2017 and then three losses in 2016 Duke, uh, NC state and Vodtech, all three bad. Um, and 2016 as a whole was bad. So if you just get rid of that season, you know, it'd be totally better. So, um, now here's, here's the fun piece. Marcus Freeman as the head coach, Notre Dame is a hundred percent win percentage versus the ACC. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> there it is. Oh, I like it. I like it. I, I, it's encouraging of things to come. And with how literally highs and lows of this season, the biggest testament to it is, you know, it's it's a first season. And we finished with some great highs. We had some low lows. But can we end the year with the bowl game on a very high note? And ironically, what are we talking about again? Who's the quarterback? Who's like, the quarterback? Well, that's kind of, in- and that's kind of easy fodder for the podcast. Like, oh, let's just talk offensive stats and the quarterback situation, you know. And then, but it's true. Blame I mean, the coach we, for everything else. <laughs> well, it, it it is true though because who touches the ball and has like you yourselves just said, who has the biggest impact on the success or failure of a team? The quarterback. So, of course, we're going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then under the circumstances with, you know, the Pine departure and entering the transfer portal and whatnot, you know, it's like, wow, you know, this is kind of, you know, this is kind of crazy. It's like, I wasn't expecting this. So, um, yeah. Well, so. will will we be able to resurrect the Buckwild package? Are we going to see a... I hope so. Well, I mean, that's I, what it looks I, like right now. I, I think uh, Prime was right in saying that, you know, we will more than likely see Buckner. And then from that point, you know, Regisson, 
definitely agree that, you know, with Pine going so early, which like I will re-echo that same sentiment, does not make any sense. No, he should, even if it's his farewell, it he has every reason to play well and increase his stock if he is going somewhere, which without his degree, I really don't understand the reasoning behind it because I don't, I don't get what he gains. Yeah. That's the thing. Like if I, if I take Notre Dame football away from it and I just think of like, in terms of him, the only thing that comes up is playing time. That's it. And it's like, like, and don't get me wrong. Like, if you're an athlete, you want to play in the sport that you you like, and yeah. you you can't ever get to the next level if you don't play. So I'm I'm with you there. Um, Where is Pine from again? He's from Connecticut. So does he go back toward that way and end up at like Syracuse? Where, like fucking Yukon? Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, like. Would you rather be a starter at a shitty ass program or would you rather be a backup on a winning program? Well, again, it depends. And that's the thing is pine even the backup. Like exactly. And and that was my point from earlier. It's like, wait a second. This dude has, has like an almost an order of magnitude, more games experience than Buckner that means something it really does and and people are going to poo poo that and i'm not saying that i want pine to be the quarterback next season that's not what i'm saying that's up for the coaches to decide it's they're, they're they're getting paid the fuck ton of money to make these decisions and do these evaluations i'm not a coach i'm just some dude drinking johnny walker running a podcast here but what i will say is experience matters it really yeah. matters I agree, and and I don't see what is running him off. Okay, it was like it was like great. in in Tyler, the start of great. in the start Tyler of twenty eleven, in twenty eleven, and I'll throw it back to you, Red Snapper. In twenty eleven, we started the season against the fucking South Florida game. Anyone wants to you know go into you know you know shock and and you know roll their eyes. That game was terrible. Okay, but who was the starter coming out in that game? Okay, it was Dane Christ. And then mid-game, not even, I don't even think it was mid-game, second quarter, first quarter, whatever, Kelly pulls his ass and puts Reese in. And I said in the offseason, I was like, put Reese in as the start. Why? Because ever since, you know, Dane Chris, you know, broke his leg in the fucking Tulsa game, okay, and then Reese comes in, his first, first full game as a starter was against Utah, a team we were supposed to lose to, and that was the turning point in that season. We beat Utah, we beat SC, we beat the shit out of Miami, which was awesome, okay? And then we roll roll into the, the South Florida game with Chris, and it's like, why? It's like, you've got Reese, and he's doing good. And then and then you got, you know, Golson, who is much better. Like, I think the Pine situation is very similar to the Reese Golson dichotomy, right? You've got Buckner, who's very athletic, quick on his feet, kind of happy feet, right? That's Golson. That's Golson. Okay. Then you've got Pine, you know, who's kind of a little more, you know, got a little peach fuzz, right? And then actually has got way more peach fuzz than Coach Reese ever had, even to this day. <laughs> 
it's true. And, and then you've got Reese, you know, as like the backup, and then he's kind of like the closer against Purdue and Pitt and all these other games that we shouldn't be in close games in 2012. But you guys get my point. Like, that, there is a place potentially for Pine on Notre Dame, but not anymore now that he's transferred. I don't know. Yeah, and it's I a really that's, interesting that's... situation. It's real. I've never seen this. Like you're about to go to a bowl game and you see people leaving. Like, like I don't want this to happen. But I haven't seen anything about. And if someone knows this, by all means, jump on. Like, is Mayor playing in the bowl game? I hope so. Nobody's nobody has said he hasn't. No one's. I haven't seen anything that he hasn't. You know, and this is you know he's going to go first round, top ten potentially. Right? Wow. You know. Um, and then you've got, uh, um, oh, oh, fuck bad, bad podcast. Who's, uh, Isaiah Foskey. Gee whiz. What's wrong with me? Foskey. Okay. He's kind of a little banged up. Like, is he going to be in for the bowl game? I, I don't know. Right. A, a lot of people are like, Oh, well look what happened to Jalen Smith. And I'm like, and, and I have to go on this rant. So look, I understand the quote business decision to save yourself for the NFL draft if you're going to be, you know, make lots of money. I under Hamilton. I understand that. Okay. Here's my problem. I don't give two shits about that. I don't care. I am a Notre Dame fan. This is a Notre Dame football podcast. On Saturday morning, I'm turning on my TV. You know, what's the quote from Rudy? Like, we only watch one team in this house. Now, I'm not that strict like Rudy's dad was in the movie. But what I will say is this. I care about Notre Dame football. The NFL, like, yes, I want people to be successful, you know? And it's kind of cool that Quentin Nelson plays for the Colts here in town, here in Indianapolis. But it's like, other than that, it's like, oh, you know, like, like, like the, like the, what was it? The Bengals game was on and I'm like, oh, I, it's, what's, what's the deal with Tyler Eifert? Does he even play anymore? I don't even, you know, and these are like things that come to my mind and it's like, look, I want Notre Dame players to be successful in the NFL and in life when they leave the university. But what makes me tick is what happens when they're wearing the gold helmet. I don't give two shits about what happens to their career. I really don't. I I want them to be successful. I don't wish bad on them, but I am a Notre Dame football fan. And furthermore, and this is what really ticked me off about the Hamilton and even Kyron Williams situation. Yes, they were great players and they went to the NFL or whatever. But here's the thing. You guys are fucking captains. You're supposed to be a leader on this football team. What does that say about your leadership when you get to the end of the season and you say, you know what, sayonara, I'm going to go work out in the weight room and work on my 40 time and still go to class. I don't even know if they go to class anymore. They should. Otherwise, they should be expelled, quite frankly. But seriously, I don't care about what you, these guys when they go to the NFL. 
because because I I don't invest time in the NFL. I really don't. I don't run fantasy a team. I I have to like I'm actually surprised to see that like the Eagles are doing really well or whatever, and the Colts are so bad. I was shocked to see that the Texans have only won like one game. You know, it's like like weird shit like that. It's like oh that's kind of weird. You know, like so like and, and what's really weird is like why are the Rams the super defending Super Bowl champions have like three wins? What the hell? Yeah, injuries. Everyone's out. It's yeah, kind of crazy. It's weird. Is and so like like this is like the most NFL talk we've ever had on this podcast. But my point is like I don't want Mayer to not play in the bowl game for some quote unquote risk that he's going to get injured. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then why even play games? Why why did he not quit mid season right after the BYU game, for example? Right. Like, or Isaiah Foskey after he blocked, you know, all those punts against, you know, Boston College or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, you could just sit out the rest of the season because he knows he's going to get drafted. As soon as as Foskey gets the single season sack record, okay, that's it. Yeah, I'm done. Like, like, no, like, I would like to think that you're a a valuable teammate. You have an understanding of what leadership actually is. And maybe that's the difference between this year's captains and last year's captains. Or this year's head coach and last year's head coach. I don't know the ah, answer. Yeah. Go. Hey, yeah. We'll throw it, throw it back to Marcus Freeman. You know, who knows, right? Th- this is the kind of shit that drives me up, that drove me up the wall last year. And if anyone wants to, to go back and listen to that, um, I had a, had a good rant about this, um, you know, breaking this down a lot more eloquently than than i am doing tonight with respect to kyle hamilton who was one of my favorite players but as soon as he decided you know what i'm healthy but i'm not going to play in the bowl game it's like well that's fucking bullshit you know and, and don't get me wrong if someone is seriously injured and and is unfit to play they shouldn't play i'm not that asshole that says play hurt you know you know rub some dirt on it no that's that's not my style okay Okay. All right. Changing gears. What I what I like about the overall perspective is that I don't see Notre Dame being very much a seller when it comes to the transfer portal, meaning people are jumping out. I think it's going to be rare. I think Pine is a rarity. I don't see a lot of people so leaving, weird. and I think I think it is the bigger picture of Notre Dame, I think people will transfer to come to Notre Dame, even with the stricter academic standards and everything else, because of the 40-year decision, four-year decision mentality, but also the attraction of what the team is becoming. The recruiting class, the now record for the 2022 season that is Marcus Freeman's inaugural season with Notre Dame, as a winning season, and now he gets a full season under his belt to right the very first wrong he had, which was the bowl game loss. Yeah. I think the mentality that he, he brings as a coach and, and everything we started with, I think he has that mentality. And I think we hopefully see that, you know, mirrored and, and transferred through his captains. And... You know, the, the overall mentality, maybe 
Pine is leaving because it always has been Buckner's job. Maybe there are already confirmed comments in the locker room about a transfer coming in, whether it's a grad transfer or somebody with three years, you know, eligibility. Maybe it is somebody we've mentioned. Maybe it's somebody way off the wall that we don't know about that's coming in. But at the end of the day, for Pine to make the decision to leave, that means he's part of that same group that decided, I'm not going to play in the bowl game because he's deciding the exact same thing. And it really almost echoes back something weeks ago when Mayer said that they had cultural issues in the locker room. Hmm. That there just was not a solid team and and the, the camaraderie was not cohesive. And I, I think it was Kevin Davis who brought it up on the podcast that week. But that to me was very telling. And if your quarterback, your starting quarterback, is one of those people that has not bought in, has not bought into the system, has the same old school mentality from the previous coach, the previous regime, and the previous captains then maybe it really does say something to the culture that this team embattled through. And maybe the highs and lows that we went through were very much those highs and lows and ebbs and flows of the locker room and the team. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting. Like, it, it, it makes you kind of wonder how many, how much of that, you know, potential you know, discontinuity in the locker room impacts, you know, this USC game. Now, Grant, I think there was a few other factors going on with USC. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, and I remember what you're talking about with respect to uh, mayor, you know, and the, the locker room kind of environment. And it's like, you know, this is not, you know, we're not all on the same page, right? Exactly. And, and so, and if the quarterback is, the starting quarterback is not, you know, on, on board, gosh, man, that's, that's, that's really tough. Um, what I will say is, you know, I was thinking of like teams that kind of have their act together. And of course, we're going to go to the, the city on the hill here in Alabama. You know, Saban's first year when he took over the, the Crimson Tide. You know, he was two and six, and he kind of took over midseason. I don't really remember that. I mean, that was two thousand seven, right? That was that was a you know, it was a three and nine Notre Dame year. <laughs> that was not a good year. But since then, do you know like how many times Saban has had three losses? He's only had it once, and that was in twenty ten bookended by national championships in 29 2009 and 2011 he has never gone three losses since 2010 that's amazing there is some secret sauce going on over there at alabama and it's not just you know money or boosters or some no they're like as alabama was trash before they hired saban quite frankly and, well, and and I think that's where the intangibles come in. I think that's building the culture. We, and we will not it. see a coach like like and I remember this on an older podcast 
like what Newt Rockney was to Notre Dame back in the day of bringing up the game of college football. Saban well, is that. Saban is to Alabama. Today. Well, he's that yeah. that to Alabama, but he's that today to college football, right? Oh, like John, like John Wooden was to basketball in UCLA. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the 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 fact that that that, that Alabama has won all of these games, you know, and it's only always had... in yeah. And what's really so what weird you, about it? What did it, you think about his almost like campaigning for Alabama to be in the playoff this year? Yeah, that's that. I think is interesting. Um, I have I have two opinions of that. Number one, uh, and this is not my real opinion, but is hey, there's a head coach who's standing up for his players and wants them to buy in for an opportunity at a national championship. He knows that his team is better than what happened and that two games got away from him. And and let us not forget these two losses to LSU and to Tennessee were very close games. Okay. It's not like they got blown out by some random opponent. No, like they, they lost close games on the scoreboard. Um, what's really interesting is Alabama's only gone undefeated twice the whole time that they've been, uh, under Saban, which is really interesting. 2009 and 2020. That being said though, um, what I really think is going on is like, look, Saban, man, look, you've got two losses and win percentage and record does need to mean something. Okay, it really does. Like, you can argue strength of schedule and some of this other stuff. And what's kind of interesting is I got Sagarin up right now, right? Sagarin has Georgia number one, then Ohio State number two, then Alabama, then Michigan. Michigan's fourth, right? TCU per Sagarin is 10th, which I think is kind of interesting. But again, Sagarin's all math, right? Yeah. Now, but but that's 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 recently because Kansas State is number nine because head to head they beat him right you know and Kansas State actually has a better strength schedule than TCU technically fourth versus thirteenth okay um, Texas is third if anyone cares uh, Notre Dame per Sagarin is seventeen right so um, and then South Carolina is uh, thirty seven so. All right, so that's the Gamecocks there. So the, um, gosh, you know, with Saban coming out and saying that his team deserves to be in the playoffs, like, and again, got no problem with that, but here's the problem. Dude, you've got two losses. Every team above you that's in the playoffs and does deserve to be there has one or zero. It's like, like, how do you argue that? You really can't. You really can't. Like, like other than, than why the fuck are we playing games? That's my opinion. I don't know. No. It's like, it's like USC. Like, USC could make the same thing. Well, we lost, but only to one team, but twice. You know, it's like, well, okay. And, and that's another interesting piece. Like, so you've got... 
I, I saw multiple things on Twitter where everyone was like, well, it looks like the these playoff, uh, you know, rankings and then, you know, you have conference championships, which in the future are going to be uh, almost a requirement for the top four teams, right? Um, you've got a situation where USC, if they had won, would have been in the playoffs, but they lost to Utah, and so they're out. But I think it's also a function. They had two losses, right? And I think if you if you went and argued, like, well, who's the better team, USC or Alabama, I think people are going to vote Alabama. Maybe don't ask Notre Dame fans to vote for this because we hate the Trojans, but... <laughs> No, agreed. But I mean, USC isn't even in the top ten on Sagarin. They're number fourteen, right? They're they're behind Washington in Sagarin. Figure that shit out, okay? Oregon and Clemson are ahead of them, right? Two other Pac-12 teams, or three if you include Utah, are in are in front of them, and per Sagarin. So so that that I think is an, an interesting wrinkle. But, I mean, USC sucks. I was so happy to see that Utah beat them again in Vegas. Um, ah, so wonderful. And to see them get snubbed out of the playoffs, ah, it's great. Now, I what I think is bullshit is they put them in the – well, it's bullshit and it makes sense. It's like, yes, Utah deserves to go to the Rose Bowl and play Penn State, right? No argument there. But what I will say is you've got – USC then going as like an at-large team to the Fiesta Bowl. Okay. But then they're playing fucking Tulane. Like, really? You're going to put Tulane against USC? I just thought that was kind of shitty. I don't know. It's like, like, where else would you put Tulane? Like, I don't know. Nowhere else. You know, I don't know. <laughs> no, agreed. I mean, it, if they're going to give them that, the Fiesta Bowl, a little bit more fireworks other than Tulane would have made sense. I mean, hell. You could have put in Iowa or Iowa State there and it would have looked better. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. I mean, hell, put Marshall there. That would look better. <laughs> nah, I don't know about Marshall, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, I mean, Tulane's had a good good record here, but I mean, I mean, Sagarin puts them at 31 ranking in the country you know like arkansas six and six is is better ranked because they have a strength of schedule of 22 tulane is a strength of schedule of 73 you know but but tulane is 11 and 2 right you know so so from a win loss percentage like what i'm happy to see with not only this 14 playoff situation but then also with how the Bulls kind of shaped up, it's like, yeah, this makes sense because record actually matters, right? Notre Dame is eight and four. We don't deserve a, a sexy bowl game, right? And we're playing another eight and four team, right, from the SEC. Makes sense. Now, I was hoping that Notre Dame would play Boise State, um, but because of this weird ACC alliance, you know, it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. So, Notre Dame, play Boise State. Get on it, right? Play them in Denver. Or maybe Notre Dame schedules something against Colorado now that Deion Sanders 
is right? taking over for Colorado. We haven't talked about that yet, but you know, that's kind of cool. And and you know what that says? That says that Colorado wants to turn the corner and get back to what Colorado used to be in the late eighties, early nineties. That's what oh, that absolutely. says. I remember when Colorado was awesome and they, they run out with the, the bison. Like I, I expect Colorado in the next two years. I mean, heck check the, the transfer portal in a couple weeks and see how many people end up going to Colorado. Who's your head coach? Deion Sanders. Fuck. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Like well, and, and, of any college coach, no better coach has had like like was successful as a player, right? Well, and look at what he himself has done for himself in any kind of concept of name, image, and likeness. You well, automatically shit, buy in. Right? You know, he flat out told he made the scarves existing, look cool, right? Yeah. He, or maybe he's going to have, have a, a renaissance at Colorado. I kind of hope so, because that was kind of a good back and forth with Notre Dame, you know, for a few years there. And, you know, I would love to see Notre Dame and Colorado play again. You know, um, I would prefer Boise State and Oregon more, but that's just me. Um, but no, nah, I, th- I think that's great. You know, I mean. You know, I had to go back and look at the research on Deion Sanders. Like, where the fuck did he go to college? And he went to Florida State, believe it or not, right? So Yes, he did. You know, so, like, I, I had to look that up, you know. Um, you know, gee whiz, you know. So so I, I think that's that's really brilliant of Colorado to hire him. Um, I think that, that that'll be something we'll have our eye on. You know, he's stepping up from, you know, where he was previous and um he's gonna come up to the uh to the uh to the pac 12 right you know yep 